You are listening to the Over and Back Podcast with Jason and RJ. And as always, we want you all to shut up and sit down. Hey, NBA fans, welcome back to the Over and Bad Podcast for August 17th, 2019. I am Jason Corbis, and with me, as always, is Mr. RJ Benner. What's up? You know, it's 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 been a minute. It, it's been a long minute. It's, been a very, <laughs> it, it's yeah. actually uh, uh, our return episode. We've been gone for quite a while. We've... Uh, We've had a lot of things, a lot of big changes in our lives. A lot of things kind of came up out of nowhere. And uh, uh, it is good to actually be back with you to talk some basketball. But uh, so, hey, uh, what has actually been going on with you if you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, again, it's been about two months since our podcast. And, and we, we dropped off right in the middle of the playoffs and going into the NBA finals, uh, which is probably Great the time. worst time. <laughs> right, worst time for an NBA podcast to, to to kind of go off the air. But uh, one of us, and I'm not going to point fingers. I don't want to. I don't want to accuse one of us of doing this. But they're a member of the team, the over and back team, uh, decided to uproot his family and move across country about 2,300 miles away. And because of that, we had to press pause on uh, on the podcast and some of the planning. Uh, because the the relocation, of course, to, to move that far is is quite uh, time consuming, and of course, new jobs and everything. And again, I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to. I don't want to call this person out. Uh, but but yeah, that that's essentially what's been happening. Uh, yeah, I don't but, want to either. Uh, so I won't say anything. But I'm pointing at my iPad at you really hard right now. That's uh, okay. I'll <laughs> own it. I'll own it. So to all of our listeners, one thing uh, you know, we definitely want to continue making a uh, the best. We can. One of the things that that we're going to be asking for uh, a little bit of forgiveness in is that now all of a sudden we don't have this face to face podcast recording where we can we can kind of plan and you hear our voices authentically. And unfortunately, I, I lost the neighbor that that mows the yard every Sunday, so we won't have the ambience behind us anymore. Um, and, and this is going to be uh, recorded, uh, you know, via uh, uh, remote uh, remote dial in. So there might be a little bit of static. There might be a little bit of drop off. Uh, the audio quality might not be what you're accustomed to. So we're just going to we're going to get that out of the way with this one uh, for from now to the end of time. We are sorry if there's any audio quality problems at any point in time in our podcast. We're doing the best we can. Fingers crossed that you will have a neighbor though that still mows his lawn over there in arkansas so right you know it's well the the problem is now uh i'm also two hours ahead so by the time we're actually going live like 10 a.m nobody's mowing their yard like they get out there at like 8 a.m they mow it before the the sun gets too hot because it's gonna it's gonna heat up it's already in the, the mid 80s it'll be in another hour it'll be like 100 degrees and uh nobody nobody goes outside and mows their yard in 100 degree weather so yeah I think our forecast is like 75 today, so yeah. we're going to miss yeah. Oregon, my friend. You know, the, the family definitely missing Oregon. I will say that. They, they're they jonesing for that that hot summer 75 instead of the oh, sweltering. And so the sweltering, like with the heat index because of the humidity down here this week, we had a, a few 118 and 120 heat index days. Uh, wow. They're hurting. I got to say, though, man, and, and, and to all the people from Oregon that are listening to the podcast and, and you know, that Oregon pride thing, I got to tell you. Oregon's great, but I, I love the heat. I feel like I feel like a lizard. I just want to go bask in the in the in the heat. Oh, it's a, it's beautiful. And then I wake up and it's it's blue skies every morning. 
my, my mood is so much better than the than the overcast and, and cloudy. <laughs> well, I think the overcast over in this area had a little bit more to do with stuff that's not the weather per se. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, you know, just to kind of jump into basketball, Jason. Uh, I'm not one, as you know, through our, our friendship to toot my own horn when I'm right. I don't make a big deal about being right, but I'd like to make a big deal about being right. What are you talking about? You have your own happy dance. (laughs) (laughs) So, so one of us, again, I'm not going to point fingers, but one of us in March said Raptors in six. I don't care. Kawhi Leonard is the only person I've seen that's able to handle the Golden State Warriors. I'm saying Raptors in six. Everybody thought I was crazy. Well, I, I'm I, doing, I doing the happy dance. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the happy dance. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you had a chance. Uh, I actually once I, I became more of a believer after the first round of the playoffs, to be quite honest. And then I thought your call was spot on. There was just so many, uh, you know, Golden State was still at, uh, you know, at pretty decent strength only lacking boogie going into the playoffs and so uh just having yeah you know the core of their roster still there it still looked like they had a good chance to be them by the end so uh you know but once the first round got over and toronto looked as strong as they did i jumped on that bandwagon so yeah yeah and again there was plenty of room at that point you know uh Let's, so let's take a minute. Let's talk about uh, we could we could go over some of the playoff games that that happened after. But I think everybody listening really, when it comes to, to uh, a recap, only cares about those finals games. So why don't you walk me through that experience? Because because a lot happened, right? Coming Durant gets injured and doesn't even make yeah. the finals until game five. Uh, like like yeah. walk me through what your experience was. Uh, it was kind of a roller coaster, really. Uh the games were actually really, really just well contested games. There wasn't, there wasn't crazy big blowouts uh, that I can I can recall. But to me, the whole finals kind of stemmed on injuries. You know what I mean? When it got down uh, to the the latter games in the series, it was the fact that KD came back when he shouldn't have, which you know I'm sure we're going to get into once we talk about free agency and whatnot. That should have never happened. He wasn't going to be able to help them the way that he needed to. And what it also does is it throws, you know, kind of a wrench into the gears of the game plan that you had going before. And where they said, you know, adding KD to any roster is not a bad thing, but it, 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 it kind of hurt them a little bit. Uh, Clay, uh, you know, injuring his, uh, it was his ACL, right? Yeah. Yeah. Torn yeah. ACL. Like, okay. So one thing uh, yeah. after another, so the whole the whole after once these these uh, these injuries took place in the, you know the last couple of games, Golden State just really had no chance. Yeah, I, I mean, watching when especially when Clay went down, what they did uh, defensively to Steph Curry was I felt bad for the guy. I really did. Like like he he got to the corner across half court and he would get swarmed with a double team. Yeah. And then if he got past the double team, they'd send a new double team before they could, they were leaving two guys open at a time. Uh, like Iguodala, Livingston, they didn't care who they were like, Oh, you know what? Make Iguodala beat us. You know, every time down the court, Steph Curry's not even going to be allowed to dribble. You, you could see his frustration too, skyrocketing. Well, they wore him out. You know? Yeah, they did. 
let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Clay's injury, right? We'll talk about the free agency impact later, but I want to talk about that moment. And I don't remember if you were there, if you were, if that's the one that you missed him. Yeah, you know, on. he was. He was going up for the fast break layup. And, yeah. Uh, at, at that point, you know, it's it's kind of an old saying, you know, just how things are. When you're as tired as you are, you're more prone to get injured. And it didn't look like it was something that, I mean, he just came down a little awkward because it wasn't, he didn't go up to the hoop, to the rim all that strong. And when he got a little bit of a bump, he came down awkwardly. And a lot of that had to do uh, with probably being as fatigued as he was. Yeah. I saw this guy head to the tunnel and I went, oh, he has free throws. He's done. He's done. Like, this is, this is exciting. Uh the rap the Raptors won't have to worry about Clay because I thought it was going to be tweaked knee, right? Like, like um, uh, not not even dislocation, like like just, just like it slips in and out, and then they have to go wrap it up, right? Right. So apparently that's what Clay thought too. I got so much respect for this guy, turning down the tunnel, running back onto the court to shoot his free throws, so that he doesn't get. Okay, and again, if anybody doesn't know the rules, if you can't make your free throws after you're fouled, you don't get to come back in the game. Exactly. So he runs. He runs back down the tunnel, shoots his free throws, even sprints down on defense, uh, uh, and then of course Boogie Cousins fouls um, the Raptors, play stops, and they sub out Clay Thompson. He was he went back down to the tunnel and, and into the, the locker room to get checked out, thinking he was just going to get his knee wrapped. Turned out he was a torn ACL. I have seen grown men, seven foot tall, get a torn ACL. And they writhe on the floor in agony. They have to be carried down the tunnel. Like, they can't put any weight on it. This man literally sprinted back down the tunnel against orders to make sure that he had a chance to come back into the game. No matter what happens moving forward, and I'll never be a Warriors fan, and I never really cared for Clay Thompson a whole lot before that, I'll never say a bad thing about his heart or question him after seeing that performance. No, I mean, he gutted that out. And, uh, you know, he came out when he really didn't have to. So, I mean... Especially, you know, it, and it wasn't like a little slight tear or anything like that. He didn't be out for a long time with that injury. So oh, yeah. for him to yeah. actually, you know, want to be able to get back in, you know, I mean, it says a lot about his his, his character. Yep, yeah, that's a tw- that's a ten to twelve month injury recovery time for him. I mean, they're talking maybe he can get it done earlier, but gee, many Christmas. And and I want to hit a little bit on the Durant injury. <clears throat> you and I, uh, leading up to that. That that series, you and I even said that's that's not a calf. No, no, we said we said straight off the bat, like he hurt his Achilles. Yep. Like like number one, yes. First, his first uh, the thing that happens when you injure your Achilles the most is you pull up like you thought somebody kicked you from behind and nobody was there. That's what they say it feels like, and that's kind of how he pulled up after that first one. He looking back and grabbing at his uh grabbing at his ankle yeah or a little yeah. bit above his ankle you know and i i would say he didn't grab all the way down the achilles because i mean it's a long way to get down there he's like you know seven feet tall <laughs> yeah right so yeah when i remember when that, that first injury happened in the the conference finals was it the conference or was it the semis i think it might have been the semifinals yeah uh yeah, when when that first happened, I think it was you. I, I might be wrong, but I could have swore you were the one that says, the, "There is no calf that far down on a leg." Like, yeah, <laughs> that is that is not a calf. <laughs> I don't care how skinny his legs are, that's not the calf. And then you know that message never changed. And I remember thinking too, like, 
I don't I don't have a reference point to say somebody suffered a calf strain and missed the most crucial games of the season for two weeks straight and, and then still doesn't have an accurate recovery timeline. No, there was there was absolutely no way. I know a strained calf can be a nagging, nagging injury, but I mean, it was obvious to, you know, a lot more people than just us that it wasn't a calf injury. But right. away from like injury talk for the finals, it was actually a really good finals with a lot of highlights from some players that uh, I know you particularly enjoy. So yeah. uh, who who was a big standout, let's say, besides Kawhi Leonard for the Toronto Raptors for you? Okay, I, I know you just said except Kawhi, but I got to say one thing about Kawhi real quick. Like, do you remember Barry Sanders playing football? Was, like, he was the consummate professional. Like, the, the one thing, I was a big Thurman Thomas fan, but the one thing about Barry Sanders that I just, I absolutely adored, and, and he became one of my favorite players, is that it didn't matter if it was a five-yard run or a 50-yard run. He put the ball back down, and he ran back to the huddle. If it was a touchdown, he, he'd either drop the ball or he'd hand it to the ref, and he'd run back down. Kawhi Leonard played basketball that those finals the same way. It didn't matter if, if he hit, like, his fifth shot in a row or got a big stop uh, or, or completely swung momentum or, or stopped, uh, stopped a run. He was ice cold. Like, there was no cheering. There was no celebrating, no fist pumping, no bragging. It was just like, another shot, get down. Another shot, get down. That to me, like I always knew he was kind of a humble guy and he didn't like to brag or beat his chest. But that to me was just so fun to watch because there's not another player in the league. And maybe you can correct me on this. There's not another player in the league who would have done that to the to the Golden State Warriors and not thumped his chest all the way down the court. No, and it's such part of modern basketball, too, is the big celebrations after a bucket, even a bucket that's kind of inconsequential at the time. You know what I mean? Celebrate everything, which is kind of uh, kind of been rubbed off from the Golden State mentality. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, uh, he showed a lot of class. I was going to get to Kawhi Leonard uh, in a little bit as, as a part of his impact on the finals. Um, yeah. But uh, you so, covered just about everything. <laughs> you, so, he was a warrior. No, I just wanted to yeah. talk about uh, your man Siakam before that. Oh, before well. Why? Yeah, you know, he was all right. Like, like, watching him for the entire series, like, he's a high-energy guy. I don't think he's ever going to be that the man no. on a team, though. See, see, my thing is that uh, from the rest of the playoffs, Siakam had a crazy playoff run uh, offensively until he got to the finals. Then he took uh, yep. a couple of steps back on that. And his averages went down for the playoffs by about, you know, six or seven points, I think, from what yeah. he was averaging the rest of the playoffs. But the, the cool thing about him is his, his defense. He was a part of those scrambling double teams that you're talking about and the swarming. And he was a big reason that they just could not get their offense going to me. Uh, he was everywhere playing defense on the perimeter and on the inside and getting contesting shots and keeping guys from, you know, easy drives of the hole and, uh, Golden State's cutting game was just not what it usually is as far as that because of the way they were able to mm-hmm. contain the inside. And and he was a big part of that, the defense and the way they were rotating and helping out each other and putting their double team and triple teams on. So I just yep. wanted to give a big shout out to Siakam for not, uh, for not his offensive game, but for how he defensively had a gigantic impact. So Yeah. So I'll, I like to, uh, you know how I, I like to always make comparisons that, that I have no business ever making. So 
Do you remember early worm Dennis Rodman when he was a Detroit Piston? Yeah. You remember you remember the energy that he played with? Like he just kept his head down and he hustled and he was just always in the right spot, like just just always full of, of effort. And it was before the crazy parts of Rodman where, you know, yeah. he kind of went off the deep end and you know, he'd get you 10, 12 points, a lot of pickup uh, uh or putbacks and 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 scramble points and hustle points and he was actually kind of an underrated shooter. He just never he just never liked to do it. Like Siakam plays kind of in that same vein. He's a little bit I mean, the game has evolved, so he's a little bit more high energy than Rodman was. He has to like, you know, he has to cover more ground than Rodman ever did. And he's not quite the same kind of instinctual rebounder, but he has that same kind of like, why? Like, like it feels he like he has an extra arm. Like, how is he here? <laughs> he almost does. If you add up two, uh, two of his arms, <laughs> it's probably about three arms of uh, regularly proportioned. Like he's right. really long arms and that just helps him do all those things and he does he can you know he can defend you know you know two three and one two three and four uh being as quick and agile as he is but he also doesn't have to be as quick a foot because his reach is so immense he can still manage to stay in front of you you know yeah. so yeah, yeah he's got a lot of natural advantages on the defensive end so a couple more points about the raptors i want to talk about one of them is is i don't think this was given enough can we have a moment uh, to just feel bad and, and, and feel the sorrow of DeMar DeRozan. Can we do that? Like talk about <laughs> like, it, it, was there a, was there a person who embodied Toronto more than DeMar DeRozan? And then like, he's the only player that probably cared more. Like, like you have Drake and then DeMar DeRozan. That's, that's who cared the most on if the Raptors won a championship, they get rid of him and then they win without him. Like, I can't even name another time a, a player did that because he was even kind of happy. He's like, these are my people. I'm happy they won. I had to kind of be the sacrificial lamb to make this happen. Like, how sor- How full of sorrow are you to be DeMar DeRozan right now? It's got to cut a little bit deep. I mean, he was going to stick. He's one of those guys I can probably almost guarantee you that if they didn't trade him, he would have stuck in Toronto his entire career, you know? And he was loyal to them. He loved being there. You know, he was there with his best friend. That's a situation you don't leave from. And then you get moved. And, you know, I'm surprised it didn't even affect him more. I mean, that would, yeah. the, the trade would have been something that would have, uh, you know, ripped the heart out of most players. It actually did for Kyle Lowry for a while. He wasn't even the one who was moved. Yep. You know, Kyle Lowry took a couple of months for him to even show up in the regular season last year because of it and uh mm-hmm. uh yeah i feel i feel pretty bad for them. yeah I mean, they 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 wanted nothing more than to be able to deliver a title and they suffered so many different playoff heartbreaks and uh you know it's one of those things though he could have stayed there but you know if he did would have would it have ever happened for them i'm gonna say probably not so definitely yeah definitely not now that another takeaway is uh, Fred Van Vliet. Every, I, I liked him. I mean, the hustle and the heart and the big shots. But I swear, he's the same player with a different name in almost every finals. So you have him, J.J. Barea. It's it's always these, like, uh, Matthew Dellavedova. It's always these, these like... You know, he, you know he reminds me of? Back in the day, he reminds me of Chris Childs. Yeah? <laughs> I'm just saying... Is he going to be one of these guys who gets paid way too much money uh, because 
nobody's going to remember all the struggles that he has during the regular season or, or how he's inconsistent or how he can't really be a full-time starter at the, at the, at the point position. And then he gets paid way too much money. Cause only thing that people remember is him getting his tooth knocked out, hopping back up, hitting a big shot, hustling and getting stuff. Curry's face. I'm just saying it's the, it, it's the same model. Like Della Vidova got paid. Berea got paid. Van Vliet, I think is a, he gets paid next year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of the way the things go in the NBA is, you know, the playoffs are where you earn your paychecks. You know what I mean? And it's something we've seen a billion times, you know, like you just mentioned all those guys. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, you know, how much this is going to bump up his next contract, you know? Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I, it will. It'll, it'll have an impact. So any other any other takeaways from the finals uh, that you want to that you want to uh, illuminate for us? Uh, just one. And it's kind of more of a post-finals thing. It is, it, it, to me, it's, it was amazing. And it's the only time that the finals MVP, after winning a title, decides to just pack it up and leave. And I never thought that was going to happen. I thought maybe one more year. So, you know, it, it just shows me that, uh, the, the bloomings that I had, the little bit of uh, sparks of forgiveness that were starting to come, you know, into my heart, like it, it just all got extinguished. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I have a whole segment that uh, when, when we get to a later episode, um, uh, in the week, later in the week, when we start talking about free agency, I have, I have a strong take on Kawhi's behavior, Uncle Dennis's behavior. Yeah. Oh, I got a lot um, more to talk yeah, about. That. Yeah. This is the only part yeah. that this had to relate to me with the finals <laughs> is the fact that you won MVP of the finals and, and got out of Dodge. So, yes. Yeah. yeah like, you were, you were in, in that moment, you were forever Toronto if you wanted to be. And instead, <laughs> you, you turned on them in one season. Unbelievable. And you know what? I'll say this. Never. Never questioned Popovich because apparently he, he he saw right through it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think he had a beat on how um, you know people that were influencing Kawhi at the time were going to be, and he just stood his ground. And you know, good for him. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you know, we're we're uh, keeping the keeping the time short on these podcasts. We're keeping them right around the thirty minute mark. Uh, it doesn't give us a whole lot of time. Uh, to talk about the NBA draft, but I really did want to include this because the next podcast that we do is going to cover the free agency, the trades, all the crazy stuff, and and I don't want it to get uh, I don't want it to get shuffled and lost. So uh, there, there's only a few big talking points and highlights uh, from the NBA draft that I kind of wanted to go over. Uh, Jason, let me ask you this: Did you see Zion Williamson during the draft and then immediately after the draft? Um, can we agree right now? But he is Sean Kemp without the years of Sean Kemp being like lean and great because this kid is already overweight and he hasn't even played the NBA one game yet. So he's uh, already ahead of the game on Sean Kemp on being. Right. He's, he, he, no, he's already. Yeah, he's already the Cleveland Sean Kemp. <laughs> Ouch. At least he's not the Portland Sean Kemp yet. <laughs> um, it's. <laughs> I mean, he's got. I mean, once he, once he actually gets in the routine of being with the Pelican, we'll we'll get into that. But I think I think his his shape is going to 
considerably slim down as we approach the regular season. So no, I think there's I, a good chance he'll lose about 15 or 20. So No, I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, that's a really big warning sign to me. That's somebody who doesn't know how to stay in shape. That's somebody who needs regiment and structure. Like, oh, yeah. Any, uh, yeah. Retired, retired Zion's going to be a big boy. <laughs> I'm saying like I'm saying like slow down metabolism 26 year old Zion is going to be a big boy he better learn how to not be an athletic freak by the time he's mid 20s because he's going to be in for a rude awakening when when that metabolism starts to slow down and there, there's a lot of other references of, of players you know even Charles Barkley was kind of the same way like that dude chubbed up really early people don't remember like young Charles Barkley wasn't super big well young Charles Barkley was a lot bigger than old Charles Barkley Old Charles Barkley on Phoenix slimmed down tremendously. And then once he got over to Houston in his last year, he kind of let things go again. You know what I mean? But he was was – that's the reason why they got to the conference finals was because Charles Barkley was slim and trim and in good shape. uh, This is what I believe when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. They do something to their players, and they have since the dawn of time. Uh, Shaq goes there and loses a bunch of weight. Barkley can go there and lose a bunch of weight. Uh, they somehow were able to give Steve Nash an artificial back for a couple of years. Grant, so, Grant Hill. Grant, Grant Hill comes back. He like he averages like almost eighteen points a game for for a few years. Right. Like, what the world? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's going to come out in, in like, 10, 15 years that the, the trading staff there had some kind of miracle drug that they kept under wraps to have, the like, the, the advantage of the early 2000s. Uh, I don't know. Because uh, there's no explanation for it. Like, yeah, Barkley had to slim down because his back couldn't hold his weight anymore. Like, Grant Hill had to, uh, you know, be able to change his game style. I, I get all that. But still, like, how come you don't hear about that kind of – uh, amazing turnaround health-wise at any other franchise. It's crazy. And uh, Well, I don't think they have the same training staff anymore over there either because uh, if they did, they wouldn't have as many issues as they do. So <laughs> Now they just have a talent issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, uh, there, there's definitely more to come. Uh, we're going to be uh, – this week we're going to be talking about free agency and trade. We're going to do a little bit more about um, – uh, some of the NBA draft stuff we're going to talk about uh, what happened with with the New York Knicks, what's happened with the L.A. Lakers. We're going to talk about some rule changes. We're going to talk about FIBA basketball. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about a big three and, and my personal disappointments about where it's where it's headed as far as uh, overall direction. And we're going to have a really big preview episode of the 1920 season. Um with a, a recap, or no, sorry, not a recap, but with a preview of, of where we think all uh, all the teams are going to land, uh, and then you know we'll we'll spend a little bit more time on the teams that actually have some relevance. Sorry, any Memphis Grizzly fans, uh, <laughs> you know, they it's, it's, there with the Knicks fans, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, it's really great to be back. Uh, Jason and I have been talking about wanting to 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 be able to, to resume these, these podcasts. We're extraordinarily thrilled with some of the feedback that we've got from, from our listeners about when are we getting another episode? It, it definitely motivates us. And, uh, hopefully this week makes up for some of our, of our, uh, um, uh, uh, past transgressions. And then moving forward, you know, we should have that, that Sunday episode hitting the, uh, hitting the airwaves. Well, not airwaves, but pod waves, I guess every week. So Jason, anything you want to sign off with? No, just that it's good to be back and we will be here for a while from now on. All right. Perfect. Peace. All right. Peace. We're out. <laughs>